Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Okay, I want you all to think about one thing quick for me. If you had to think of one staple that you just could not do without in your kitchen or in your cooking, what would it be? How many of you out there thought about salt? Or if you didn't think about salt, how many of you thought about oils? If salt or high quality oils is something that you just cannot do without in your cooking, you have to check out Ava Jane's Kitchen. I just recently started using their big flake sea salt, colima sea salt, and their avocado oil, and it is absolutely incredible. It is kitchen staples that you can trust. The Colima sea salt is harvested from the Colima sea salt flats in Mexico. It has no microplastics that you can find in it. It is absolutely the highest quality stuff. And right now you can get a free bag of the Colima sea salt if you just pay shipping. Go down to the link that we have in the show notes. There's no code needed. You get that free first bag absolutely free and check out so many of the other incredible kitchen products that they have. You will not be disappointed. Go down to the link in the show notes and upgrade your kitchen today while you're listening to the Optimal Body Podcast. In this next interview, we have a registered dietitian on who's really going to help us cut through some of the myths and online BS when it comes to diet and nutrition and understand really what we need when it comes to vitamins. So Masha Davis is a nationally recognized registered dietitian, nutritionist, humanitarian, and founder of Nomadista Nutrition, a private nutrition practice based in Los Angeles. Her writing and expertise have been featured in numerous publications and media outlets, including Time, CNN, Newsweek, The Washington Post, ABC News, Men's Health Magazine, Women's Health, and more. In her private practice, she uses an evidence-based approach and nutrigenomics to help her clients optimize their health, manage chronic conditions, and achieve a healthy weight. In addition, Davis provides nutrition consulting services to startups and corporations. In 2016, she gave a TEDx talk about her international humanitarian work in Africa, where she spent five years working on programs for the treatment and prevention of malnutrition in women and children. Her nutrition tips Health advice and recipes can be found on her Instagram account at nomadista underscore nutrition and her blog on nomadistanutrition.com. Her book with publisher Simon & Schuster, Eat Your Vitamins, is available online and in bookstores nationwide. She really goes over so much. We cover so much in this podcast, but I love that you will find so many applicable takeaways when it comes to how you should really frame your diet and how you know what you're getting when you look at getting vitamins. Let's jump into it. Masha, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I think we're going to dive into a lot of goodies that a lot of people have questions about. And there's so much confusion, especially with social media and the internet these days on supplements and diet and what you're supposed to do. And it, it can get and feel very muddled. So we appreciate you taking the time and sitting down to chat with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So I think somewhere that something that I like to understand about people is why nutrition for you? Why did you want to go into this space of being able to help people understand more about nutrition and what they should be getting into their bodies? Like, What's your origin story? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always been interested in health and wellness and and I really wanted to do something that would allow me to help people and make an impact. So it just it was this amazing natural fit and there's so many different things that you can do within the world of nutrition. So you know, I've worked internationally in Africa on malnutrition programs for women and children. And then I came back to LA and launched my private practice and help all different kinds of people here. So it's just been this amazing path and journey of really being able to share incredible information and, and make an impact on improving people's lives. Wow. How long were you in Africa working? I spent five years in Africa. I was there. I was wow. in five different countries over five years. So it was absolutely life changing, as you can imagine, a yeah. really, a really incredible experience. Yeah, I mean that's something that I was fortunate enough to do when I was really young was go international and do some different service work, and I think it just really opens up our idea, especially if you grow up in an area or in a household where you don't have a lot of need or you don't, you know suffer to put food on your plate uh, every day, it really opens the spectrum up of how people live in our world. And based on what you saw when you were working internationally, especially in Africa, um, are there some similarities on what you see in, in certain areas, even in our own country? That is such an interesting question. So, uh, you know, like, as you said that, I'm thinking there's so many differences, but one one really interesting similarity is there's just there's so much misinformation about mm -hmm. food and nutrition and it looks very different of course you know there versus what it looks like here jen you mentioned in this world of social media there's just so much conflicting and confusing information out there but even in places like africa like one of the big things that we were working on was combating harmful traditional beliefs mm -hmm. that were affecting children's health in a negative way like some people you know thought that new newborns should have water and the water was contaminated and it would cause all of these issues and you know really harm newborn babies health so so working on changing these misconceptions and educating people about what was really you know what was really healthy and what would help to optimize their health and their children's health and and here you know it's it's there's so many things like that that are just there's so many different beliefs and there's so much misinformation that that is harming people's health that they don't even that they may not realize oh yeah i mean <laughs> across the board i can see that happening and it that's where the continued education just becomes so key so what are <laughs> talking to some of those misconceptions just going to throw you on the spot here. What would you say are some of like the top two to three misconceptions you see thrown around social media often? Great question. This this could be an entire podcast yeah. topic. Yeah. <laughs> just Definitely. just that alone. Um, so lately, there's been this this uh, there's been some videos going around that I think are getting they're getting much more traction than is necessary talking about uh, like the carnivore diet and the harms of fruits and vegetables. And this is just this as a dietitian, this makes me so sad because the vast majority of Americans, uh, like 95% of Americans don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. And these are the best foods for longevity and gut health and 
you know, lowering inflammation, all of those things that we all want. And it's, it's just, it's like almost unbelievable that, that there are these, like there's this trend going around that's, that's telling people that they should be avoiding fruits and vegetables. So that's a really big one. Um, you know, the keto diet is still super, super popular and, you know, diets are so individualized. One of the big things that I talk about is genomics and nutrigenomics and how genes interact with food. So everyone has different requirements, mm -hmm. but I think there's, there's just a lot of people that are cutting out a lot of healthy foods when they try something like the keto diet. And mm -hmm. going along with that is still this carb phobia. Like in my private practice, I see so many clients that are literally afraid of carbs. Like they are terrified of eating carbs and they think that they're doing something bad when they're eating carbs. So that's, that still continues to be a really big one. Those are big. <laughs> I know. And I think that's, that's just like something that is a struggle anyway, is, is this concept of creating like good and bad or uh, yeah. demonizing certain foods in our diet. And, and the, the process of feeling bad when you eat certain things that, you know, should be nourishing or, or be taken for a purpose. I mean, Jen and I talk about this all the time when, when we eat something that we know might not hold the most nutrient dense value, like we still allow ourselves to enjoy it and to celebrate eating that food. Um, even if it's something that we don't do every day or we're not doing for every meal, uh, just this concept of creating a yes list and a no list can be can be fairly damaging and i like how already how you've brought up some different diets like these trendy diets that are out there like the carnivore or the keto or you know there's there's so many anti-inflammatory paleo whatever it may be like as a dietitian how would you describe diet in general or how do you approach talking about going on a diet with somebody great question uh, so so I, I do not believe in diets. What I always emphasize is a healthy, sustainable, long-term lifestyle. Mm. That is what we want. We don't want to be doing something that is temporary or that's like a short-term quick fix because yes, it may work in the short term. You may have some weight loss or some other result, results very temporarily, but that's the thing with diets. And that's why there's so many of them is that they don't work in the long term. So what we want is these good long-term habits that are supporting and optimizing health. And I just want to emphasize something else that you said that I loved that you guys, you know, you you enjoy all foods, even even ones that may not be the most nutritious. And that is so okay. I love that you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely, Definitely a part of our practice. And I, I just got to say one thing, the problem with your answer there um, is that it's not sexy and it doesn't, yeah, it yep. doesn't, it doesn't fit on a <laughs> exactly. 30 second, uh, Instagram reel very well, uh, <laughs> like, like the other diets do, but I completely agree with everything you said. It's just unfortunate that the things that aren't sexy and can't be boiled down into a 15 or 20 second Instagram reel or TikTok video, they don't play well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the big thing is, is like figuring out how in this, you know, social media world, we can communicate all of this in a way that is really catchy and really sexy. And I think it's totally possible. I, I totally agree. Now, if you, if someone is listening, who's like, well, but I've been following, you know, this carnivore person and they're very convincing. 
what would you say is like, well, here are the facts. Here's the reasons why adding fruits and veggies into our diet is so beneficial and necessary. Yes. Yeah, that's a great point. So, you know, you have to think about the weight of the evidence. Like, yes, there are these really like small, like tiny studies and, and research that some people like to cherry pick and sensationalize. But when you look at the weight of the evidence, and there has been so much research done on this for so many decades, it is unequivocally true that things like fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans and lentils, nuts and seeds, all these foods are so beneficial and health promoting for so many different reasons. And and also when you look at something like the blue zones, these mm. these areas of the world where people live particularly long and healthy lives, these zones have been studied extensively and there are patterns that have emerged, all kinds of different lifestyle patterns, not just nutrition related. But the nutrition-related ones, this is exactly what they all support. The healthiest, longest living people in the world, this is what they're consuming. All those things that I just mentioned. Hmm. I'm so glad you brought up the Blue Zones because it's, it's funny that when you started talking about that, that's one of the first things I think of when I, when I have all these fad diets you know, thrown at my face when I, go, when I scroll through my own social media feed. I'm just like... Well, what happens in the blue zones? The common areas that people are the longest lived and the most functional, they have the longest lifespan and the longest health span anywhere in the world. And they don't necessarily completely cut out meat. They don't necessarily completely cut out alcohol. They are eating a well-rounded, very plant-centric diet. But then they're also moving a lot. They're doing yeah. a lot of, they have, they're moving a lot. They have purpose in their community. So they, they got a lot of things going for them in the, in the yeah. blue zones. But when I look specifically at the <laughs> diet, I'm like, they aren't completely cutting out anything. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yep. This is, I wish that people talked about this more because it's just it's such an awesome example. Now, when we're talking about, you know, what we're getting in, a lot of times what we're hearing nowadays, and maybe this is just, again, what's going around on social media, <laughs> is that you can't get enough nutrients from your diet. So you have to supplement, you have to add in these other things, whether it's not being able to get enough sunlight on your skin. And so you need vitamin D or whether it is, you know, what, I, I don't know all the things, I'm not the dietitian. So are there things that we just are really lacking that we really can't get from our diet that we need to supplement or how does that really work? When do we need supplements? Yes, this is such a big topic. And and again, this is one of those things that is so individualized, you know, depending on where in the world you live and the quality of the soil and, you know, things like that and, and your genetic predispositions to potential deficiencies. One of the things I do in my practice is a nutrigenomics test, which looks at these predispositions. So it's a really individualized thing. And it's a really big question, but there are there are numerous deficiencies that are very common in our population. And I think the thing is not so much that um, that there's like this massive, you know, lack of something in the food system. I think it's it's more the dietary pattern. People are eating so many processed foods, they're not consuming enough 
you know, natural whole foods. And so they're just, they're missing out on a lot of essential nutrients. And, and this is where supplementation can absolutely play a really beneficial role, but it's, you know, it's called supplementation for a reason, right? Like it should be a supplement, not the main source of all these different beneficial nutrients that we need to be obtaining from our diet. Hmm. So what would you say are some of those nutrients that tend to be deficient in, in more people than not? Yeah. So you mentioned sunlight. So of course, that's that's linked to vitamin D. And that's a very, very common deficiency. Magnesium is another common one. Choline is a nutrient that pe- many people aren't even familiar with. And that's a really important one. Iron is iron. Iron deficiency is very common in a lot of women, and calcium is also one of the common ones in the U.S. Mm, love that. So, I think this is a great time to bring up your book, which I haven't gotten a chance to crack into or read at all. But I absolutely love the title because it's called "Eat Your Vitamins." And even on the cover, when I looked it up, it it has "take" crossed out, like "take your vitamins" crossed out, and then "eat your vitamins" written above it. And I just think that's such a brilliant title, and I want you to talk a little bit about where the concept of the book comes from and what somebody could learn from reading through Eat Your Vitamins. Yes, and thank you. I, I do love that colorful cover. <laughs> Definitely. So, I mean, the whole the whole premise of the book is that we should really be focusing on how we can optimize our diet and our nutrition and that it doesn't have to be difficult. Many people think that it's so difficult, time-consuming and expensive. And my goal with this book was to show people that you are able to meet so many of your essential needs by you know, by doing things that are actually not that difficult or expensive or time consuming, it not only has every single essential vitamin, nutrient, mineral, you know, listed as a mini chapter with all of the specific required amounts for different age groups for men and women and children, but it also has really simple recipes that go with every single of these little mini chapters that show you how you can easily optimize your intake of these nutrients. I think that's so key and and such a brilliant concept to be able to make it easy to understand where these nutrients are coming from, how they're best absorbed and and you know, just having a recipe of like, oh, here's how I can start to implement it in because it does get really expensive just naming some of the key vitamins that you did previously. If we start thinking, "Oh my gosh, do I need to go out and get all of these different vitamins now?" One, it's where do I get all these different vitamins? That's going to be a good source. And then two, how do I know if it's really necessary within my body or if I can get enough from my diet? So I think, you know, having a resource that helps to highlight things a little bit better and and better understand it. We don't need to know all the things, but if we can have resources that help us, then that's how we can better support our bodies. Now, when it comes to some of these key supplements, where would we look to get our supplementation? How do we know, you know, what brands that we should be looking at and what should we be paying attention to? Yes, this is also such a confusing topic for so many people and rightfully so because there's so much misinformation out there about supplements. This is a really unregulated industry and there are a lot of, there's, you know, to be completely frank, there's so many issues with with this industry. And 
many people are very confused about what to look for, what to take, what brands to trust. And this is where you know, listening to experts, qualified experts like registered dietitians, you know, people who have a science background and can evaluate claims and all of these things is really important. And then the other thing to look for is for something like, you know, testing certifications, like a certificate of compliance, which verifies results of testing and shows that a company is really looking at the quality, the purity, the sourcing of everything that they're making. And a lot of companies don't provide this information. And so, you know, research has shown that there, a lot of supplements are contaminated, which is, you know, absolutely terrifying. That something that you think is so healthy can actually be having the complete opposite effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's been shocking for me to read some, I mean, there's always the big news articles about different vitamin companies that have, you know, gone through testing or, you know, different third party testing outside because the company, of course, didn't do them the, do it themselves. And it shows that they don't even have some of the certain vitamins that are claimed to be in there. And then, like you said, a lot of the harmful things or different toxins that may be found in those because of how they are processed or produced. Um, And I know that with vitamins, bioavailability is also huge because when we're talking about synthetic vitamins, you know, there's, there's different processes of how our system, you know, digests that and delivers it to the bloodstream and the tissues. And again, the, the different forms of vitamins, like different forms of magnesium, one versus the other, which is the most bioavailable. So, Again, another really tricky things thing for people to tease through when even if they find a supplement that, hey, they've done testing, they've done this and that, how can somebody know exactly what the bioavailability or the vitamin that is actually going to be delivered to the tissue is? Excellent point. This is such an important thing. And and what you said about synthetic versus whole food vitamins is so on point because there really is a difference in, you know, in the quality and the absorption and the utilization of these things. And what's really interesting is that studies have shown that fermented supplements and foods even are so much more easily absorbed. They become more bioavailable. So looking for that is, you know, just that one point alone, are those nutrients fermented can be really, really helpful. You know, my favorite supplement company is Pure Synergy and they use whole food vitamins, whole food nutrients and all of their supplements and all of them are fermented, which makes them a lot more mm. bioavailable. And this is such an important thing to look for. Mm, that's that's huge. And we'll have that link down in the show notes too, so people can remember and, and easily click and find those. So when we're looking at adding different supplements, you you did mention some that were pretty key in terms of ones that are usually lacking in the diet. How would we know for sure, I guess, which ones that we should be looking at? Should we be getting going out and getting all of those that you named or are there real specific keys or should, you know, especially if someone can't afford to get specific testing done to see what their blood levels might be at? 
Yes, great question. And this is one of the areas that I also cover in my book. In every single one of these sections about the specific vitamin or mineral, I have a portion that describes what the deficiency symptoms are. So what you mm -hmm. can look for. So for example, if you are deficient in iron, one of the first symptoms is going to be fatigue, like really severe fatigue. Of course, everyone feels fatigued at some point. So I don't want I don't want everyone to think that they're iron deficient, but because this is so common in women, you know, there so there are all of these different symptoms that you can look for. Now, you know, that can also be a tricky road to go down to try and self-diagnose. So the other really good thing to do is to look at what are, you know, what are the key vitamins that I should be getting? What are the food sources that these are coming from? Am I eating five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables every day? I think the answer for, for so many people, almost everyone that I see in my practice, the answer is no. And so, you know, instead of, you know, worrying about, you know, running out and getting tested, which I think is a great thing to do, but that's not accessible for everyone. Instead, just starting with the basics. Are you eating a balanced diet? Are you eating, you know, whole sources of these foods? Th those kinds of things can be super, super important. And honestly, I mean, in my own experience and I tend to kind of be cynical towards certain testing and, <laughs> because I, I know a lot of the times it just shows you a snapshot. You get a blood test. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is showing you a snapshot about the day or the couple previous days or the week before. And were you completely fasted? Um, had, you know, had you eaten recently at all? There are so many different variables that play into what your blood work says rather than trying to eat and live a little bit more consciously and put a little bit more attention into the foods you're eating on a daily basis, maybe writing them down, maybe, like you said, tracking serving sizes for a couple of weeks just to see, like, can I calculate out how much vitamin D or iron or magnesium or different omega profiles, you know, I'm getting in my diet and the amount of information and the wealth of knowledge that you then move forward just from doing that for a couple of weeks can help impact decisions that you make long into the future. And I guess my question from that is, when you are working with somebody who you know might not have the means or doesn't want to do blood testing do you put them on some sort of program initially to help them start to track what different foods they're eating and get an idea of where supplement supplementation might be required yes yes absolutely so you know initially we do a really really in-depth assessment where we cover you know, their whole medical history, their family history, and of course, we do a really detailed food intake questionnaire. So I go through everything that they've been eating and drinking, any supplements they've been taking, and and also the foods that they eat the most frequently. You know, like uh, one of the questions that I always ask that that really gets people thinking is, what are the five foods that you eat the most? And the answers are so interesting. So that that can really illuminate a lot. And and I love what you said about just doing like a simple two week kind of analysis of your diet to get to give yourself a snapshot. Like what's really going on? What is my pattern like? That can be so, so useful. Yeah, I mean, that's something like even now that I'm pregnant, it was like, okay, choline, I know is so important. So getting eggs in daily has been like a huge goal of mine because I'm already taking 
you know, the prenatals and all those things. So I don't want to worry about adding something else in. I'm just, you know, conscious about what I'm putting in my diet every day and how I'm getting that naturally through my food sources. So I love that, you know, yes, I'm, I just like you said, still getting my supplements as supplements, but then also be paying attention to my nutrients and what I'm putting in in my diet every day, especially in the stage of life that I'm in right now, because I want everything to progress as best as possible that I that I have control over, which is not much, but <laughs> a little bit. So you know, it. I think understanding this and getting people the tools and the access is so incredibly important and having a book that's like the most accessible thing that you can use because it's pretty cheap <laughs> you don't you know it's some a resource that you can continue to come back to over and over again i think that's so huge now one thing i do want to ask about too is you know when <laughs> i think the main reason people listen to a lot of dietitians or uh, some of these podcasts, they're looking for tips and ways of like, well, my goal is to lose weight. So I get all of this, you know, lifelong practice and all this stuff. But what if my goal initially is to lose weight? And should I do a cleanse? Should I just do fasting? Like what, what do you say in those instances? Yes, great point. And and you're exactly right. So many people come to me and that is their main goal. And as we start working together, we uncover so many other things that are that are equally important that often become equally important to them, like longevity and mm. gut health and optimizing their brain health and heart health. And and it's funny because when they like give up a little bit of that kind of grip almost and like that fixation on losing weight and focus more on optimizing their overall health oftentimes the weight will start coming off mm. it's it's really really interesting now i think that that's so important that you bring that up and i've heard so many people talk about that when it comes to developing these lifelong habits that then inevitably result in weight loss and just overall better you know body positive imagery from people who are on these journeys because w when it comes to weight loss there there generally is a lot more in that underlying why of the weight loss and i think you mm -hmm. hit on it right there as to once you start asking the questions or doing the interview with the people all of these different things come out that really are pointing towards the why of why they want to lose weight and when, when you focus on that over a long period of time that's when it happens sustainably. And I think that's so mm -hmm. important. Um, briefly at the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned about the demonization of carbs. And this is something that I want to touch on briefly. Like, why is it important that we have carbs in our diet? And are there better sources of where we should be looking to get those carbohydrates versus others? Yeah, great point. So, you know, so many people are, are just so afraid of this macronutrient and this is this is where we get all of our energy our brain needs glucose to function properly you know in order to have energy for all of the things that we want and need to do and for good gut health and good heart health and all of these things that are so essential we we need carbohydrates we evolved to thrive on good carbohydrates. And and I think a lot of people they they maybe don't have a great, 
you know, grasp on the wide variety of carbs. It's not just, you know, processed muffins and cookies and, and pasta and like sugary things. Fiber is also a carb and fiber mm. is one of the most important nutrients that most people don't get nearly enough of. And this mm. is what, you know, this is actually if you want to do a detox, you know, don't do a detox tea, eat more fiber, eat more fruits and vegetables, because mm. this is the ultimate natural detoxifier. It actually binds to toxins, all different kinds of wastes in the gut and excretes and eliminates them from the body. So, you know, I think understanding the value of carbohydrates and all the benefits is, is really, really important and something that most of us dietitians are constantly trying to to educate people about and, and combat this fear that so many people have of carbs. I think that's really important to continue to remember. And it's it's so freeing. Like I even had a girlfriend over this weekend who is finally starting to implement carbs and not be so afraid of them over the weekend. And she was just saying how how freeing it is to be able to have bread again and be able to have carbs again in her diet and not fear them. And I think that's a continued message, you know, to to push to people and, and help understand and unpack what carbs really do and how we can get a wide variety of carbs within our diet that actually help us to feel so much better. Now, if we are thinking about eating for longevity, what does that mean? If we want to live longer, if we want to think, okay, I want to be here when my kids are growing up and when they have kids, like what, what kind of tools and tips should I be implementing into my life today to help with that? Yes, that is, that's such an important, you know, question and thing to think about. I think all of us start to think about as, think about that as we get older and, you know, there's not one silver bullet or one special nutrient that has been shown to, you know, really increase longevity. It is, it's, it's kind of this somewhat unsexy topic of eating a really nourishing, well-balanced diet that is rich in lots of antioxidants and, you know, polyphenols and all these different beneficial compounds, many of which come from plant sources. And a lot of people are not getting enough of these. And this is where something like a really, really high quality supplement can actually be beneficial to help you, you know, kind of bridge that gap and get some of those amazing antioxidant compounds and those amazing phytonutrients. So, you know, this is something that I talk to a lot of my clients about. And this is where, you know, we look at something like a really high quality supplement, like this organic berry powder that Pure Synergy has, that is a combination of 20 different fruits and seeds and all these different beneficial things that are really, really high in these compounds that can help to, you know, stave off all kinds of issues. No, I think that's so important. Just the understanding, again, slightly unsexy answer of <laughs> just eating a very well-rounded, plant-centric, colorful diet that has a lot of these different compounds in it that our body will just be craving. And I think that uh, there's two questions I want to answer. Which way do I go? Um, <laughs> or I want to ask. So one one thing that popped into my mind, the more that we talk about 
you know, eating a wide variety of plants, eating a lot of fiber, something that a lot of people deal with is bloating, right? And, and to what degree is bloating okay? To what degree, you know, when, when can we tell like, okay, this is a little bit too much? And kind of a tag on question to that has to do with the carnivore diet. And one of the thing that you hear a lot of people say when they start to eat primarily animal sources of protein is that, oh, all my bloat just goes away. And is there any sort of reason that that would happen? Is that good or bad? I just asked a lot right there. I'm going to let you run. I'm going to let you run with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are those are awesome questions. So let's 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 talk about the bloating first. And uh, you know, I like that you said how much of it is it normal because some amount of bloating is normal. It's okay, you know, it's okay to sometimes have bloating. And and yes, many people struggle with an abnormal amount of bloating or to the point where it's really uncomfortable and you know, it really bothers them. And this is where we do need to address it. So the root causes are so, there's so many different causes for this. And again, this is like such an individualized thing that you have to start kind of teasing out. Some people have different digestive and gut disorders that have to be addressed in order to, you know, deal with the bloating. Other people may not be producing enough digestive enzymes to break down the food that they're consuming properly. And for them, a digestive enzyme can work wonders. This is like one of the things that I really talk to a lot of my clients about is let's figure out if there are you know, simple solutions to, to making you feel better right away as we look for potential other root causes. And having something like a really high quality digestive enzyme Pure Synergy has one that is, you know, really amazing that I recommend to most of my clients can really help with, you know, proper digestion of food and reducing bloating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, really multifactorial, really complex topic. Um, and there's there's so much to it. It's it's something that we could literally do another podcast episode about. Of course. Um, but going to the carnivore diet. So it's interesting that, you know, that people who start it, some of them say, okay, my bloating has gone away and suddenly I'm feeling better. I would be very curious to see what they say in a month or two or three, if they, if they're even able to stick to this diet, because I think it's a very difficult thing to maintain. But what I have personally found with many people that I have worked with who have tried this diet is that they may feel may they may they may feel better because they have eliminated so many processed foods from their diet that were causing discomfort potentially bloating all kinds of other issues so it's not so much that they started eating all this meat and they suddenly feel better it's more that they eliminated all of these all this junk that they were eating that's why they feel better mm-hmm. if they eliminated all the junk and began eating a vegetarian diet they may have similar <laughs> results now, yeah. if you ask these people a few months down the road how they're feeling, some of them likely have lots of digestive issues, and most of them probably have you know constipation, all kinds of problems going to the bathroom. I had a client who went to the emergency room because her constipation was so severe mm-hmm. because she wasn't eating any fruits or vegetables. Wow. wow. Yeah, I mean, that's all so prevalent to continue to, 
you know, just address and not get honed in on the one fix, the one thing. And I think that's what a lot of people get carried away with. Well, I just want to not have any bloat right now. So this is what I'm going to do. Or I just want to lose a bunch of weight. So this is what I'm going to do. And they try to reach for those quick fixes rather than thinking of the longevity of our health, like you talked about throughout, (laughs) you know, and if we just start to take inventory and of what we're putting in our bodies and how we can start to address that and little bits at a time, again, like you said, you might notice that things start to change. And not only would you feel better, but you might start to lose weight. So I I think this has been wildly beneficial. Just continuing to hear this message is hopefully going to help drive people in a positive direction as well. Now, where can people learn more from you? So my website is nomadistanutrition.com. My Instagram is where I spend most of my time online. I have lots of you know, I dive into a lot of these topics on there and have different recipes, so many different tips. And that is nomadista underscore nutrition. So those those are the best ways to find me and get in touch with me. If people have questions, I encourage them to reach out. And then my book, Eat Your Vitamins, is available nationwide. Uh, it's on Amazon at all the major booksellers. Fantastic. And we'll have all of that linked up down below so people can get, can get a copy of the book or even check out Pure Synergy, which it's great to just know um, of a supplement provider that you can trust. Um, and I did see on your Instagram feed some feta avocado pops that I am definitely going to be trying <laughs> because they looked absolutely fantastic. So some really great just quick recipes that you have on there and easy to understand graphics um, that I think are always appreciated by people. So Again, Masha, thanks so much for coming on and chatting through some myths and giving some real practical tips and takeaways that people can bring home with them. Amazing. I think we covered so much. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. Just another great interview with an incredible dietitian that's bringing real advice for not only a quick fix, definitely not the quick fix, but for your longevity of your health and feeling good from the inside out. So we really hope that you take this advice. Again, everything is linked up below. And if you need to, please share this out with anyone you know who can benefit. We need more people to be able to hear this goodness about their body and feel something different. So please share it out. And if you haven't yet, we'd really appreciate a rate and review. It just helps to be seen by so many more people and continue to get this message across.